Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. It's good to see you this morning again. Thank you so much for being here. Today's an exciting day because as we mentioned, special guests, Victoria and Aaron Plumley are, are with us this morning. So they're going to be coming and, and sharing. If you don't know, they lead the Ministry of Teen Challenge in our community here. And so they are a blessing to our community, but it's extra sweet for us because they're also part of our, our church family. And so it's just awesome to have people that are a part of our church running ministries like that outside of the church. And so there's an incredible blessing, a great couple that, that we're excited to have, have with us and sharing this morning. So would you give a very warm welcome to Aaron Plumley? Praise God. Praise God. It's uh, always such a blessing uh, to be here. And most Sundays we get to be, as Pastor Luke mentioned, not only are we uh, a family of God together, but this is our church family. And uh, we're very, very blessed to have this. Um, I'm going to lay a little foundation of Teen Challenge. I know most of you are probably familiar with the ministry of Teen Challenge. Some of you may not be. Uh, so if you fall into either one of those categories, there's still uh, a lot to, to glean from uh, the, the core values of Teen Challenge and what specialized ministry that we do. Uh, in 1958, a minister by the name of David Wilkerson, and I think we have a picture to, to throw up, a, a famous picture. It's uh, David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz, one of the first graduates of Teen Challenge, went on to evan be an evangelist. But, um, uh, you know, an, an image of... the trading the bat for the Bible there uh, was David Wilkerson's ministry. He heard God's voice and he went into the streets of New York City to minister to gang members and drug addicts and prostitutes and uh, people deep, deep in, in, in addiction and, and those lifestyles and um, he was successful. He, he shared the love of God with people that had never been loved by anyone before. And it touched hearts and started to change lives, just like the Spirit of God. I shared that scripture before in the first service, but where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom, amen? And in, in the Spirit of Freedom Sunday, I started uh, thinking about that again, just the, the weight of that verse, and I looked into it a little bit deeper, but it's talking about uh, the, the veil being lifted from the Old Testament to the New Testament and where grace come into the picture. And when Jesus breathed his last breath, that veil was torn in half, which means we have access all the time to that spirit. We don't have to go through the religious uh, disciplines and, and things that they did then. That we do them because he first loved us and gave his life and paid that price for us, which lifted the veil of the law and the old, trying to succeed on our own. And a lot of these people, it was inevitable. You know, a lot of the people that we, that we have the, the privilege to minister to and that, that we see come into the family of God and our family and our residential ministry program, uh, their, their lives are on a path to it. It's inevitable that certain things are going to happen. They're either going to end up dead, they're going to end up in prison. Uh, something terrible is going to happen. That's, that's inevitable in most of their lives if there's not some sort of intervention. So Teen Challenge was, was birthed as an outreach ministry, providing a service that 
really wasn't provided before. Since then, Teen Challenge has, has grown. Again, 60 years of history uh, curriculum has been developed. More centers have been created, women's centers, uh, adolescent programs, uh, training programs, uh, emerging leader program facilities, transitional living facilities, and it's spread across the globe. Um, what started as one small building in, in New York has now spread to over 216 challenges uh, nationwide and has birthed global teen challenges it's all across the world. There, uh, I went to a training seminar a couple years ago the Teen Challenge USA in, in Missouri where the headquarters is located. And there's some teen challenges you can't get to with a vehicle. Um, it's, it's all across the globe and they're, they're, they're being planted and they're successful. I'm reminded of uh, in Acts, the book of Acts when uh, the high priestess Gamaliel came along after you know they had Paul and, and his buddies had been arrested several times and he said, listen, one of two things is going to happen. They're going to move on and pass. This Jesus has passed and the ministry will dissipate and turn into nothing. Or it really is the Christ and there's nothing that you can do about it. Amen. And so we've seen that progress and change and continue to change lives. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been touched by the ministry of Teen Challenge over the years. We are blessed to be able to be a part of that. My wife and I get to serve together in ministry and about six years ago, God called us here uh, to, to, to be a part of this women's program and, and uh, go deeper into a program that was already very much so a part of our lives. Had We had experienced the, the change of Jesus Christ coming into our lives and build a relationship, but Teen Challenge was the vehicle that, that got us there, amen? And, uh, and I shared Friday at our last graduation, we're not, and, and this is true in my life and many others, the gospel isn't intended to change you into something that you're not. It's intended to change you into something that you are already. Amen. And when, when we realize that, when we come to that place, there is freedom. That's where the spirit of the Lord comes in. And there is freedom in that. The bondages of sin and addiction and shame and guilt and depression, they all cease at the name of Jesus. And that's why this, this program works the way that it is. It's not, we're not considered a rehab. Um, our, our students are students in training. They're not patients. They're not clients. They are students of the word of God in training. We're a discipleship training program. 2019, we got some pictures of our facility, I think, in the, in, in the process of being built. But over the over the years, we were able to, uh, and a huge, huge thanks to a lot of you and this church has been invested and we were able to build our facility. Uh, if you haven't ever been there, I encourage you to come by sometime, check out what we do, check out our facility. It's, it's an amazing thing that God did and is continuing to do. And, and we were able to build debt free and open our doors in January of 2019. Since then, we've seen uh, fruit of our ministry. There's been hundreds, literally hundreds of women come in and out of our program, and we're seeing fruit because the gospel does not return void, amen? The word of God does not return void. And when that veil is lifted, of trying to do it all the other ways that the world says it can be done, freedom, real freedom comes in, amen? Yeah, amen. amen. There are a lot of other 
ways that the world is trying to cure this problem of what they just, they, they kind of whittle down to addiction, but really it's a sin problem that we're dealing with. And they've tried a lot of other ways and throw money at it and throw medication at it and throw this and that at it. But we know where real freedom exists, amen? Freedom exists where the spirit of the Lord exists. Six years uh, we've been in operation. We wanna, we wanna continue to see lives transformed. We wanna continue to see God do the work that he has called us to do, that he's called many others to do and heed that voice and heed what God has, has positioned us to do. He's changed our own lives. He's called us to, to help change others and, and steward what God has blessed us with. We have a vision to continue to grow, to continue to, to, to see more, to provide a better program, to buy, provide a better home situation because the program can be up to a year long and they, they become like family to us. They're not just, again, not patients, not somebody that we just wanna, we wanna crank in and out of there and, and leave with the same issues, but we really wanna watch God not just set them free and then turn them loose, but we wanna disciple them. We wanna create somebody that's gonna go out into the world and continue to change and continue the mission carry it with them and be soldiers. We got a small army, amen, and we're wanting to raise up a bigger and bigger one. So um, we had a, again, I shared with you, we're, we're hosting uh, services each month on our campus and we have graduations that we hold there and we're, we're running out of room, amen. Our last graduation, we, we were out of room, so we're in the process now of renovating our basement space, which is a, a a nice large area space that we're getting ready to turn into something that we hope looks like this into our own permanent chapel area um, where we can worship together. It can be a permanent space for our students to go and pray and seek God and, and just worship the Lord and we can do it together there. Uh, we've got some nice property out there. We're looking to you know, add additional uh, accommodations, hopefully a rec center, a covered area. We can have church outside. We can do picnics. We can continue the outreach mission that the ministry of Teen Challenge is. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, again, I thank you guys so much. It's, it's always a blessing uh, to be here in general. But, man, I, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Amen? The Spirit of God is in this place. It's, a, it's, not, it's not something that God just picks and chooses where he, where he wants to, to place his Spirit. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, I'm already there in the midst of them. And we know that, that the Spirit of God is here. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to change you. Amen. He wants to work in you and through you. And I just appreciate that we get to be a part of that. Amen. I'm gonna turn it over to your uh, the Northern Appalachian Adult and Teen Challenge, our full name, uh, your program director, and my co-labor in ministry, and my beautiful wife, Victoria Plumley. Yeah. He's waiting in case I fall. <laughs> Everybody doing all right this morning? Yes. Yeah. Let me get situated. Then I'll talk to you. Okay. This is the first time I've done two services in a row, so you might get the same thing. You might get something different. It's whatever the Lord says. <laughs> um, but I, 
honestly, we really do appreciate this opportunity. It's a huge privilege. Um, like he said, we're members of this church. We're, um, we come here most Sundays unless we have a speaking engagement somewhere else. And so this is where our ladies get fed. This is where we get fed. This is where our kids get fed. Um, this, is, this is our family. And, um, you know, it makes it that much easier to do what God's calling you to do when you know you've got a, a large group of people that are behind you, that are praying for you, that are rooting for you, that love you. And so I just appreciate you guys. Um, it's been a little over eight years since Jesus set me free from drug addiction, from depression, from anxiety, um, sexual addictions, abusive relationships, um, just poor uh, lifestyle habits, and just a long list. I could go on and on for days of the ways that my life was messed up when I finally came to the end of myself and submitted my life to the Lord. Um, today I get to represent the same ministry that introduced me to the love of Christ, and that's a huge privilege for me. Um, when I was in that place in my life, I really never thought that, you know, God could do anything good with my life. I knew there was more. I knew that it wasn't meant to be for me to be a drug addict. I knew it wasn't meant to be for me to not be able to care for my child and for her to be taken away and, you know, all the other things that were going on in my life, but I could have never imagined what God would do with my life when I turned my life over to him. I could have never known if I would just submit to him how far he would take me and how far he's continuing to take me. And so I just encourage you today um, to just submit to him because it's really, that's the only thing that's really on you um, is your submission. And I wanna say too that, I just wanna echo what Aaron was saying, that the, the spirit of the Lord is here and he showed me a verse that uh, before we started that it was in 2 Corinthians and it was talking about how people's minds and hearts were hardened. But when they turned to the Lord, the veil was lifted. And so I, just, I encourage you um, not to disengage. I know that it's hard sometimes when, when you have programs and things like that come up here, it's easy to disengage and say, well, I'm not addicted. I don't, I don't know anybody in addiction or maybe this won't apply to me or you know, this is not exciting enough um, for me, but it's, it's not about me. It's not about Teen Challenge. It's not about my husband. Um, it's about the Lord and what he wants to do in you this morning. Amen. And I believe that there's things um, that he's undoing in the body of Christ right now. Um, and if we'll just yield to that, there's a, just a fresh new thing that God is trying to do in our church. <laughs> and just in the body of Christ in general. Um, but we have, to, we have to lay aside what we think it's supposed to look like. Um, so I'm gonna get on track because I'm on a rabbit trail right now. But um, so we're talking about, you know, it's Freedom Sunday. And we're talking about independence, um, which is what freedom is in essence. But freedom... Freedom in Christ, to be truly free, is to be fully dependent. And so it kind of goes against what we know about freedom. We have to put all of our dependence on him and, and yield to him in everything. And that's how we're truly free. The world would want you to believe that freedom is the ability to do anything that you want 
without any consequences, any judgment, any repercussions. But the freedom for which Christ has set us free is that we are no longer subject to following our sinful nature. We're, we no longer have to be under the rule of our desires, under the rule of our flesh. It's not that we have to do certain things in order to be free. It's that now we have the ability to do certain things because we're free. The Bible says that he works in us to give us the desire to do things that are pleasing to him. Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. We get it backwards when we think that in our own human nature we have the ability to do what pleases God. Even in all of our trying and our determination and our goodness, we can't please God. It's by his spirit, it's by him working in us that we're able to do those things. Galatians 5.18 says, if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And so in order to be free of the burden of the law, we have to be led by the spirit. We can't be led by our own understanding. Romans 6, 14 through 15 says, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. What then, shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. So our freedom is not an excuse to do what we want. It's not an opportunity to do what we want. It's an opportunity to do what he wants. It's an opportunity that all the weight of being able to do the things that God's calling us to do is not on us anymore. Christ fulfilled the law and that has given us the ability to be obedient to God, the ability to be free from our sin nature. This is true freedom from the bondage of sin. And Galatians 5.13 says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Sometimes in the Bible, that's referred to as the law of liberty, which is, in, in the English language, that's called a juxtaposition. Weird word, I know. Um, but it's contrary. Law and liberty don't really go together. And so you find that in the word of God, there's, there's many things that are contradictory to how the world perceives and how the world understands things. And so he's given us a law of liberty and it's that we submit. It's that we give ourselves fully to the Lord and then we are free from all of the requirements that we think that we have to live up to. Um, so everything that God has said about me, everything that God says about these ladies, everything that God says about you is in direct opposition to what the world believes, especially about addiction and recovery. Some of you may be familiar with you know, what, what's, in, what's out there in the news and what, what people say about addiction. Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you believe it in your own life. Maybe you have somebody in your life that is struggling with it and in your mind, all you can see is how impossible it is for them to get free. You can't see a way out for them. You, you can't see a different, a different story, a different ending. That's because we're looking at things from a limited perspective. 
Thank God that when I needed help, I went somewhere where people had a perspective that was, you know, yielded to the perspective of God. That they didn't look at me and say, gosh, you're a mess. <laughs> There's no hope for you. I don't know how you're gonna get out of this. I don't know how you're gonna get custody of your child back. I don't know how you're ever gonna be a mother. I don't know how you're ever gonna be anything worth talking about. I don't know how you're gonna overcome the guilt and the shame and all these things that you've done. This is impossible. No, I came upon people that said, this is a great opportunity. God's gonna do something with your life. There's, there's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing beyond his reach. There's no one that he can't save. God's gonna be glorified through your life. People are gonna look at you and they're gonna know that God is real and God can change people because of who you were. And I needed that because in that time in my life, I couldn't have that perspective of myself. My eyes had not been opened. The veil was still there. You know, and so all I needed was people that showed me where I needed to turn. And when I turned to the Lord, that veil was lifted. And I was able to see that there was more than what I could see in the natural. Science will tell you that I will always crave drugs. But Jesus says in John 4, 14, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Science will tell you that addiction is as a, as a disease. Um, there's so many different names. Substance use disorder. Can I tell you, I did not have a disorder. I was lost. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd still have that disorder. Yes, I was in disorder, <laughs> but um, Jim Nichols, who, who runs the Princeton Center, always would say, that addiction is not a disease, it's a disease with yourself. And that is such a true statement because when you're addicted, you, you are disgusted, you can't stand yourself, and you want to be free, but you just don't know how. And so anyway, whether that's true or not, we're not gonna argue whether addiction is a disease or not. But if it is, Psalm 103.3 says that he forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. People said, your life is over. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Science says, you'll have to fight addiction for the rest of your life. You'll always have the urge. You'll always need a meeting. You'll always, you, relapse is inevitable. But my Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. I take him at his word. I'm so thankful that there are people that have taught me to just believe God. There was a, a man who used to counsel us that preached a sermon one time and he said, I'm just dumb enough to believe that God is who he says that he is. And do you know that sometimes you've just gotta be dumb enough to believe it? It does not make sense. Your intellect will argue. Your knowledge will argue. Your, your understanding will argue. Sometimes the schooling that you've had will argue with what God is trying to speak over you, what God is trying to do in your life. And you have to be disciplined in the way that you're able to say, 
I'm not submitted to my own understanding. I'm submitted to the Lord. And so if you said it, it's true. I don't have to know how it's going to happen. I don't know how, I don't have to know, you know, how it's going to make sense or, or what the steps are. I just have to yield to you. Someone who's trapped in, in the bondage of addiction does not need more willpower. They need Jesus. They don't need someone to explain how the brain works well enough for them to overcome and trick their brain into not wanting drugs anymore. They need Jesus. They need deliverance. I could go on a, a very long rabbit trail, but there, it's just the beginning when we get saved. It doesn't stop there, it starts there. And there is a work that God wants to do in us when we yield to him and he wants to continue and it's layer after layer after layer. And let me tell you, if you haven't figured out yet as a believer, you aren't gonna just arrive one day. <laughs> Sometimes I just, want, I just wanna be like, okay, Lord, am I, is it, have I made it yet? Is there, am I done dealing with stuff? But it's his grace that as, we, as he reveals layer after layer of things, he's there with the solution. He's there with understanding. He's there with grace. And he's there to walk us through those situations. But we have to be yielded to him. Last week we had an awesome service. Anybody here last week in the 11 o'clock? I don't know about the nine o'clock. <laughs> I wasn't there for that one. But in the 11 o'clock service, the Lord showed up. Did you respond? I'm not trying to be harsh, did you? We have to ask ourselves every time that the spirit of the Lord is present, did we respond? What was he calling me to do in that moment? What was, why did he show up the way that he did? Did I just walk out those doors the same way that I came? Did I miss the entrance of the King of Kings showing up for me? to set me free, to deliver me, to heal my heart, to minister to me in a new way, to, to just undo some things that I have spent years just building up that are causing me to miss it. We can't afford to miss the encounter. There are people that go their entire lives wondering what it's like to be in the presence of God the way that we get to experience it every Sunday morning. Are we honoring that? Going back to that service, it was a profound revelation that, what, that I knew intellectually. I've known for a long time and it got me through a lot of hard times, but it was like I had forgotten in my heart the truth that the, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And that has just been a resounding theme in my mind ever since. And God revealed to me in that moment that we have to, it's not enough to know what the word speaks over us because we all know that, especially if we've been in church for any amount of time. We know what Jesus says about us. We know the scripture. We can quote it. We can preach. We can do whatever. But do we believe it? And have we submitted to God's perspective of us? 
It's so easy to look at what we can see in the natural and say, I don't know, God. Like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know about that. Or God is speaking like you're called, you're chosen, you're loved, you're anointed, you're wanted. You know, like, you're, you have impact. And we can say, but, but nobody responded. Or, but I don't see that in myself, but, but God, have you heard me speak? But God, have you seen how nervous I get? This is not an issue of understanding, it's an issue of submission. It's always helped me in my walk with the Lord to think about things in this way. Worry. I, I was bound up in anxiety. But when I had an understanding that it was a command from God to worry about nothing, okay, Lord, <laughs> then I won't. And so many things that we have to do in, in our walk with the Lord, it just requires us submitting to him. It just requires us submitting to his perspective of the situation. But we will lean more heavily on our understanding. Sometimes we excuse this in the way that we say, well, what, I'm just lowly, you know? I'm just humble. I just know that I'm, you know, I know that I'm not really that good. I did this for a long time. But even though we believe that's a humble perspective, in reality, it's pride. In reality, we're more submitted to our own opinion than what God has to say about us. That's a dangerous place to be. The level of freedom that we can experience in Christ is directly dependent upon how much we are willing to submit to his perspective. It's almost like it's already been done. We just have to receive it. It's almost like all these things have already been worked out in our favor. We just have to come into alignment with what he's saying and what he's trying to do. It's almost like there's not really that much on us at all. We just have to yield. But we like to have our hands in things. We have control issues. <laughs> Maybe I'm, the, maybe I'm the only unsanctified person here. I don't know. You let me know if it's just me. <laughs> but God's still working on me. I have always been a person that struggled with self-esteem and self-worth and, um, you know, things of that nature. And for, for so long, I felt justified in that because I thought it was humility. But God had to show me that that's not humility at all because that's just stubborn pride refusing to believe what I've already said about you. Is what I did for you not enough? Is my life being like the equivalent of your worth? Your worth is equivalent to my death on the cross and that's not, that doesn't make you worthy enough? It's almost like rebellion. I'm gonna stay on track. <laughs> Um, sometimes we have a tendency to process our failures incorrectly. We can respond when we fail or when God reveals something like, I hope, I pray that that veil is lifted this morning and that he sets you free from some things because God doesn't speak these things to make you feel bad. He doesn't speak these things because he want, he's, he's frustrated with you or he's annoyed with you or he just wants, like, it, he speaks these things because he has 
He loves you so deeply. He wants you to experience this freedom. He has so much more. But he's not gonna force it. You have to, you have to submit to it. And so sometimes we can say, we can see failure and we can say, you know, like, this is such a negative thing that I failed. This is such a negative thing that I'm imperfect on my own. God's not frustrated or annoyed. It doesn't matter how many times we have to go through something before we learn the lesson. He's going to remain until we learn the lesson. And then it'll be the next lesson, and then it'll be the next lesson. Um, Pride can be defined as elevating one's opinions and thoughts above God's authoritative word. The moment our own desire or our own personal philosophy becomes a priority, we lose our liberty. We can't serve two masters. The Bible says you'll hate one and love the other. Have you felt trapped? Maybe it's pride. Have you felt frustrated? Like you know what God's saying, but you're just struggling to accept it? Humble yourself. The word says he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In 2 Timothy 3, 4, Paul is describing the characteristics of people in the last days. I'm sure you guys have read it. It's very relevant right now, the scripture. But one of the things that he mentions about these people is that they'll be puffed up with pride. If you translate pride here, it literally means to wrap in smoke. And when I, when I read that description, it makes so much sense. That's that veil that hardens hearts. It's that veil that has a sitting in church services where the Spirit of God is just pouring out and we're unmoved. We're unchanged. We're unentertained. Pride clouds your vision. Pride will have you wrapped in the smoke that makes you believe that you're not even trapped. It makes you believe that you're actually free when you're living in bondage because you can't see things clearly. You can't see what's happening right in front of your face. We cannot submit to the spirit and our flesh at the same time. In these moments, we have to choose. Sometimes we'll sit in a service and something will convict us and it will tug at our hearts and it will make us really uncomfortable. And, and, and we know, man, that's, God's speaking that to me, but there's this, I call it the little attorney that comes up to our defense and says, mm, that's not you. You don't really think that way. Well, you actually, you actually do engage. You actually do, you actually do yield to the Holy Spirit. Don't be so hard on yourself. When God's trying to like sift something out of us, but we're talking ourselves out of it. And we'll miss that deliverance that we so desperately need. Galatians 5.1 says, it was for this freedom that Christ has set us free. 
completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, which you once removed. So once we're able, the, the word of God is, is the final say. So if it says that we were subject to a yoke of slavery, we were subject to a yoke of slavery. So you may not be able to identify what that slavery was in your life. Maybe it's not as obvious as mine, but there was still something that you were bound to that Jesus had to set you free from. And it's nothing but pride that tells you that there wasn't anything you needed saving from. So if we, if we can be enslaved again, that means we were enslaved before. Sometimes we just don't want to accept that because it hurts, it doesn't feel good. It, it, it messes with our ego, it messes with our, our persona, you know, our, the, th- the, the facade and the thing that we, we believe about ourselves, the story we tell ourselves about ourselves. But we have to allow God to challenge that. So there's a difference between obvious bondage, right? And what I call invisible chains. So I was trapped in obvious bondage. I was 100 pounds soaking wet, strung out of my mind. I walked down the street cursing. I'd be in the bars till 4 a.m. I'd be walking the streets till six, stealing wine from Walmart, you name it. I mean, the craziest things. I could tell you crazy stories. I was in a trap house. I was trafficking drugs. My life was an obvious mess. It was easy to see when you looked at me how lost I was, how bound I was. There was nobody I could fool, but I had myself completely deceived. The way I talked, the way I dressed, the way I conducted myself, where the places that you find me in, they were all evidence of who I was and what my life was like. I had no idea how bound up I was. I believed I was free. I believed because I was choosing what I was doing that that was freedom. But true freedom is being submitted. Believe it or not, the same thing happens in the church. There are people maybe in this room right now, people you walk by every day, and you would never know, but they're bound by something. I've also been one of those people. When Jesus set me free and redeemed me from my life, and I, my, my former life, and I, I surrendered my life to him, and I yielded myself to him, and I wholeheartedly followed him, you know, everything in my life changed. But then this thing happens when we get in church for a while, and we start to get deceived in thinking that our goodness comes from us. We start to be deceived into thinking that, you know, we're earning our salvation or something about how our, the religion that we're following and the, the rules that we're following and how we're living our life and the witness that we have makes us more worthy than we were before. And that's a trap. And so in that, it's, it's, a, it's a slow fade. I'm still in church, 
I'm still worshiping the Lord. I'm still in ministry. I'm still doing all the things, but my heart is far from the Lord. And with that, in creeps pride and in creeps that religious spirit. And with that pride, that pride is the root of so many things, is that critical spirit. If you ever experience any of these things, please hear what I'm saying. It's not, it's, I'm admonishing you because I've been there and it's so easy, we all get there. It's so easy to be free though. It's so easy to get there, but it's so easy to be free. But it's, it's like that, it's like a big lump in your throat, <laughs> pride sometimes, because it's like, you can't quite swallow it down, but once it's down, it's down, it's gone. But you've just gotta get over that hump of like, this thing that happens when the Lord is moving and the Lord is calling you out and you're just clamped in your seat. Like if you move, you might die. Well, that would be a pretty good thing. We have to die to live. We have to die to ourselves. We have to die to our sin nature. Why are we so afraid of dying? To die is to truly live. So what if it kills you? You know what it will kill? It will kill everything in you that doesn't belong. I feel like that before I get up to speak. <laughs> I say, I might actually die before I step on this platform. But you know what? I just get past that little moment and I'm fine. The Lord shows up. The Lord's faithful. He does what he says he'll do. But sometimes leading up to all the things that God's calling us to, we have all the reasons in the world to say no. But we just need one reason to say yes. Pride is the sin that seems to be the root of so much bondage for unbelievers and believers alike. When we are lost, pride gives us the delusion that we are actually living free, doing what we wish and following our own desires. When we are saved, the delusion is the same, but it's a lot harder to detect. Instead of an obvious mess that everybody could see how messy you are, we're cleaned up, dressed up, well-spoken, pretty little picture that no one can see beneath the surface of. And we show up under a delusion, believing that we're free, but we haven't even tasted the level of freedom that God has for us. So maybe we're not really that different after all. You don't have to relate to my former methamphetamine addiction, but maybe you've experienced the bondage of the fear of man. Maybe you've been bound up in religion. Maybe you've allowed pride to blind you. Maybe that pride or that religion or whatever it is has, has made it hard for you to yield and to respond to what God's trying to do. And you have this understanding of what, what's happening but you just can't get past that barrier to submit. It's extremely difficult for a person who does not recognize their need for the Lord to accept him as Christ and as Savior. It's a gift to become painfully aware of our need for him. 
But if we don't ever have that realization and that understanding of just how much we need him, then we'll overlook the magnitude of the free gift of salvation. And the same thing will happen once we're saved. We'll overlook the magnitude of what God is doing right in front of our eyes because we've forgotten how desperately we need him. Almost done. We say all the time that when people come to us at the very end of themselves, when they're, they've lost everything, they've lost their house, they've lost their car, they've lost their friends, they've lost their family, they've lost hope, they've lost everything, then that's the best possible condition that you could be in. Because the Lord can take you and he can teach you anything in that state of mind because you're so desperate. I just talked to somebody about that after church a minute ago and you know, we, we have to be careful that we don't, we don't treat the presence of God like a fix. And maybe you've never been addicted to drugs or alcohol or sex or porn or whatever it may be. But maybe you treat the, the presence of God like a fix. When I'm desperate, when I'm broken, when, I'm, when everything in my life is falling apart, then I'll yield. Then I'll respond. Then I need Jesus. But the rest of the time, I'm pretty okay. That's an addictive personality. So if you failed, if you're imperfect like me, it's not a bad thing. Jesus doesn't want us to stay there but he's not frustrated that we are who he created us to be. We are flesh. He's not surprised that we need him. He's not burdened by the fact that we need him. He wants us to understand that we need him. When we fear failure, then we're more concerned with how we look than really growing in the Lord. Because when we fail, that's the opportunity for growth. We've been reading a, I've been reading a book and it, it says in it that how you respond to failure reveals how much you value wisdom. And Pastor Luke was talking about wisdom and being, it being more important than strength. Well, how, how often do we want to be strong, but when we fail, that makes us seem weak. But what is more important? Being strong or being wise? Pride can't survive in an environment of humility. Pride dissipates, that smoke cloud dissipates when you humble yourself before the Lord. The greatest expression of humility that we can ever express is to lay down our lives at the feet of Jesus. The greatest thing we can ever do in submission to him is to accept salvation. The most humble I've ever been was when I was crying out, begging, which he doesn't need us to beg, but in, in the place that I was in, 
in my own life, I was begging. I was so disgusted and so fed up with myself and my life and, and just doing things my own way. And at that place in my life, like that's where he met me. I was just, please God, if the, I'll never ask you for anything again, just save me. Just, just make it so that I don't want drugs and alcohol anymore but you know that God does exceedingly and abundantly above what we can ask or think. You know, I used to say, I had someone actually tell me before I got saved and, and went through Teen Challenge, they said, you, you're no excuse for a mother. You don't deserve to be a mother. That broke me. But you know what God says about me? I'm, I've been the mother to hundreds of women now. What if we let what one person says of us define how we think that our future is gonna be? At that point in my life, I would have just been happy to have my daughter back. I would have just been happy to not be a, a, a hopeless drug addict anymore. I would have just been happy to not be a prostitute. I would have just been happy to not be in another abusive relationship. But God said, I have so much more for you. If you will just lay your life down, if you will just let go of your opinion and your thoughts and what you think is right and just listen to me and just hear me and just understand what I'm saying to you, if you will just submit to what I'm trying to do in you, I'll do the work. I'll make it happen for you. I'll line everything up. I'll make you a mother again and again and again, and then I'm gonna give you adult children to raise. <laughs> you know? It's a blessing. I laugh about, I sit in my office sometimes and I laugh about it because I say, you know what? The devil thought he had me. He thought he had taken my identity. He thought he had taken my worth. He thought he had taken my destiny. But it's just so funny how God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He calls things that are not as if they are. So I'm like Abraham, you know? People said I would never be a mother. Well, now I'm, I'm the mother to many nations because they're gonna impact their families and their families and their families. And they're gonna impact their communities. These are not just women in a program. These are not just people that are, that are lost, they're, they're doing something for the Lord. They're, they're ministering when they go back home. They're ministering when they come here and they volunteer. They're ministering when we go to the parks and witness. God's using them because he doesn't just fix the problem. He takes you higher. He takes you beyond what you think that you can do, what you think you can accomplish. In order to be humble, we have to acknowledge our inability to be good on our own. I don't care how good you are. It's not because of you. There's not one good thing I've done since I've been saved that I can give myself credit for. Because the moment I go off on my own strength, I fall flat on my face. The moment I start to trust in my own understanding, I get it confused. 
There's nothing good that I could ever do apart from him. The word says that apart from me, you can do nothing. So we're in opposition to the word of God when we believe that we can do anything apart from him. So I wanna give you an opportunity today. It's not to embarrass you. It's not to make you feel put on the spot. And I hope and I pray, I've prayed all this time because this is not maybe the, the most cushy message that you've ever heard. But if we receive it the right way, even the hard things are an encouragement. And so I want to encourage you that humbling yourself is difficult, but everything beyond that is easy. If you just lay your life down before Jesus, he'll do something with it that you could never imagine. If you'll just give up trying to do things your own way, you won't have to do things your own way anymore. There's a better way. There's an easier way. There's a, there's a more productive way. So if you've never humbled yourself before God and accepted Him as Lord and Savior, I wanna tell you that today is the day of salvation. Don't miss another opportunity. Don't miss another moment where God's working and He's moving and He's tugging at your heart. Don't let pride stand in the way. You have to push through that smoke cloud to be able to see clearly. And when you do and you submit to His perspective, you'll start to see your life in a different light. So if that's you, if that's, if there's anyone in here that, that feels like that's there, that's speaking to you, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand. Don't miss an opportunity. team's going to play a song and if you know if the Lord's working on your heart and you know you get the courage to respond to that because I, I don't believe that it's not just a formality guys the Lord shows up for you if that doesn't humble you I don't know what will There's a big difference between being saved and being surrendered. Many of us get saved, but our life still belongs to us. There's parts of our life where God can't touch. There's places in our hearts where we won't give him access. There's things that he wants to do that religion tells us aren't possible. There's moments that he wants us to jump into with him that we'll resist because it doesn't look like what we think it should look like. Maybe you're struggling to be obedient to what God's asking you to do. Is it possible you haven't fully surrendered? If you guys don't mind to stand with, with me and the, the worship team's gonna 
sing a song, but if you would say, I'm done doing things my own way. Today, I wanna fully surrender my life, my pride, my plans, my need for control. And I'd ask you to come to the altar. Maybe you've served God all your life. Maybe you can't identify sin right now, but maybe when I'm talking about that veil, that hardening, maybe that's speaking to you. And that's gonna be especially hard for you to come forward if that's you, because that's what keeps you in your seat. But who cares what anybody thinks, really? I used to be really ashamed of my past. That's a different person. I'm not connected to her anymore. And so when you lay your life down, you leave that old person at the altar. And you don't have to carry that shame and that regret and that, you know, just feeling frustrated that that's who you used to be. Don't miss an opportunity to respond to the Lord. I have to wonder what the heart of God feels like when we come into a service like this and he inhabits our praises and he comes and he, he waits and he just hovers waiting for us to respond and we walk out the doors and we go on with our day like nothing ever happened. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.